Welcome to another episode of the Rad Podcast. I am producer Brandon from the Rob Anybody and Don Show, and I've got a very special guest with me today, a dear old friend of mine. Uh, his name is Michael Luna. Hello, Michael. Hey. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. And uh, the, one of the reasons why I have Michael on is not only is he a uh, stellar drummer, punk rock drummer. Mm. We'll get into that a little mm. bit. He's also a, a huge movie buff. Oh. I think he's more of a movie nerd than I am, and I'm I'm not I I would say I'm not necessarily like a movie file compared to you. You're like you know everything like right out the, right out the bat. You know names. You know you know composers. You know where they were when they read the script the first time. Mm-hmm. You're you're ridiculous. No life, no uh, life. And <laughs> it's funny when I when I listen to your show and I hear you guys do nerd news, I really feel like that's a personal attack. Oh, is it? Because <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. Like, that's- <laughs> That's me talking like, just, hey guys, how you doing? Yeah, well, sometimes the nerds, they, they could be a little bit uh, overblown, and uh, sometimes we like to exaggerate some things. Yeah. Um, but it is it is roughly based on you and your, your you know, your your knowledge with everything. Um, so before we get into all that stuff, I wanted to introduce you first. You were, I've known you, what, like five years, five, six oh, years now? Long? Longer than that, that right? Yeah. yeah. Um, we were uh, roommates for a little while. Mm-hmm. I think our first kind of like interaction was the softball team, wasn't it? No, it was. A, I first met you at a Halloween party. Oh well, that's and why I don't that was, remember. It was way that. back, yeah. and you guys are living in some faraway place. And yeah, um, but yeah, you've been on my softball team, the Kessel right. Runners, which is a total uh, Star Wars movie reference. That, I that I, I love that name, and I love bragging about being on the Kessel Runners. What's the whole quote the, with the whole Kessel Run thing? Uh, the Kessel Run in twelve parsecs, which was uh, the the Measurement of distance, not of time. So right, people, right, right. All the nerds really get all butthurt about that. That's true, yes. They explained it all in the solo movie, though. And since this is nerd heavy, we want to, we want to make sure we don't have any butthurt nerds. Oh, we're going to, yeah. Are well, we going to hurt some butts? So, they, so many butts are going to be hurt, <laughs> just mainly because the worst kind of Star Wars critic are Star Wars fans. I, I And agree. so when we get into that, and it's going to be the same when we start talking Marvel. And all just, right. just, I'm going to piss people off, and I'm happy about that. Excellent, yeah, because D23 just took place, right? And that's the, is that... D23, 23, is that the 23rd time they've done it, or is this what they call it every time they do it? No, uh, it's my understanding that's when uh, Disney was, uh, either Disneyland, no, Disney was started in, in 1923. Okay. Um, so, D23 Disneyland, or Disney 23. So, this is like their keynote speech that they do every year, yeah. and they just labeled it that because it has yeah, significance around it's their Comic-Con. It's their own San Diego Comic-Con, where that is, like, everyone, do you think you can stay Comic-Con, even my mom knows what Comic-Con is. Oh, yeah. But then you start getting into, like, every other convention that's out there mm-hmm. d23 is like disney's own one where they get to Got get it. you know release their big dick energy on on the world and they've been releasing them big that oh, big dick energy huge, like this huge. this whole last week has been nothing but trailers and and new shows that obviously they're hyping up disney plus which mm-hmm. are, are you going to subscribe oh i've already yeah You've yeah, already they, all my money. My money's just gone. It's just directly <laughs> tied into Disney. And, and right, you just yeah. you just transfer your bank account just straight to Disney. Straight into yeah. It. yeah. Uh, I, I think I'm going to get it too, just because a lot of the trailers that we're going to get into look really exciting. Yeah. Um, all, all the offshoots of, of Star Wars and Marvel, all very exciting stuff. Yeah. Um, but before we get into that, uh, I did mention that you are a punk rock drummer. Yeah. In the Sacramento area, a lot of people will know you as the drummer for the O'Mulligans. Right. Well. Knowing me for that band is is kind of an overstatement. I think like you know twelve people that come to our show know. know hey, don't yeah. sell yourself short. It's it's hard to it's hard to make it big in the in the Sacramento music scene. But you guys oh. seem to have a, a pretty extensive 
quote unquote career. Well, we, right? well, we've been around 16 years now, but it, that's it, pretty it, cool. But it shows that we have nothing to show for it because I don't <laughs> think we've ever gone outside of Sacramento. I think we went to we, we played Gilman last year, and that was like Ooh. our big. Ooh, we did it, yeah. and then haven't heard anything since. So. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we had a one shot didn't do it. So you, you guys haven't like tried out to be like on the Warp Tour or anything like that, or is it just kind of you take the shows as they come to you? Yeah, we put our we put our names in, but mm-hmm. uh, we don't we never expect to to get picked because we don't. Um, we did get to play at Contest in the Park, uh, I think three years ago. Oh, nice. and so that was like, that was a good moment. That was a good moment. We like, we peaked after like, you know, it took 13 years to get there. And we peaked, yeah. But, that's a big, that's a big show. Yeah. They, they've done a really good job of making Contest in the Park really exciting. Yeah. And we weren't the first band to play. So that, I felt like that was even nice. kind of a, like, Ooh, we did it. Yeah. yeah we're second. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. All right. So, uh, how long did you see 16 years you guys have been playing together and do you guys have anything big coming up? Uh, we have, we are releasing a new EP. Um, so we're doing, we did a collection of songs that are 60 seconds or less. So we titled it done in 60 seconds, a little kind of based off the, the Nick Cage and then also it's a cum joke too. Yeah. So it, was, it hit, it hit all, hit all the right places for us. Nick Cage and cum. <laughs> That's what you think of. Uh, when you think of Nick Cage, like, hmm, cum, you gotta, oh, yeah. gotta fit that in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, so, uh, if you don't mind, can I play a, a song of one of your most, th- this isn't off of the new album that you guys have coming out. No, right? this is off, um, the album prior to the new one that's coming out. So it's the album's called meh. So what, what is the, uh, what's the, what's the new album called and when does it, when uh, does it hit? The so the new stone? album is, is done in 60 seconds. Um, right. and it'll be out. Hopefully we're shooting for, um, late October, early November. Nice. Um, but we're trying to get all the you know the records and the printing and right. shirts and everything, and then to find a show, a place that will host us is always for the release party. Yeah. yeah. So wait, you guys recorded this how long ago? So we in November will it be it will have been two years since we were actually in the studio recording. Really, and it just shows just how big a lazy fucks we are. It's as like we we recorded, we did a first round of mixing, and then we just kind of got busy doing other things. Not even busy, we just got lazy. Mm-hmm. Doing other things, and then finally we were like, you know, we 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 recorded this. We sh- we should probably put this out. So you guys are like Tool, where you just like you just release it whenever you're ready. You just say fuck the fans. Yeah, it's, it's just like that, except no one gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, hey, we're coming to album. They're like, all right. Cool. <clears throat> speak, speaking of Tool, uh, how many times have you listened to the new song Fear and Oculum? Um, well, for how long it is, you know, you go and listen to it uh, so many times throughout the day. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've a handful of times, and I, I really like what they're going with. I'm really excited for the new album. Yeah, me too. And I know talking with you, you've got it, like, pre-ordered on, like, 20 different Yeah, games. yeah, just, I okay, so I pre-ordered it on Amazon so I can have the digital copy mm-hmm. at at midnight. Like, right when I wake up, I'll be able to tune it in, tune, tune into the album mm-hmm. on my way into work, Lock and I'll listen doors, to it before the show. Right, yeah. and uh, drop some acid. Um <laughs> And then I have a pre-order of the like the physical digital copy, and I pre-ordered it through um, Cosm, the, the the website the, that um, Alex Gray runs. He he yeah. he does all the artwork for all the albums, and he did the artwork for this album. And Alex Gray also uh, gave a signature, his autograph on the album yeah, as cool. well. But with the physical copy, um, most of you toolheads probably already know this, but it comes with like a little four-inch LCD screen that's rechargeable, and it's got like a video that goes along with the album. So you like, you, you put, you plug in the album, you watch the screen 
Or it's just like you it, just watch the screen while you're tripping or whatever. It's like those picture frames that you can plug your USB in and it has pictures of your family come up. And, exactly. Oh. Yeah, but it's just like it's specifically for this and it's preloaded with the, the artwork and oh. the, the visuals that, you, that you're supposed to see with the album. And it comes with like a booklet and everything else too. So I'm, I'm excited. That... That the the shipping for that ended up costing just as much as the album because I I wanted to get it next day. Oh yeah, yeah. right. So it, I I could have gotten you know like the regular I think the the regular price was like seventy bucks just for the album Jesus. presale with the autograph and all the the bells and whistles and everything, but like an additional seventy bucks just for the overnight <laughs> shipping. Yeah, take my money, Tool. Yeah. Like the, I I'm such a diehard Tool fan, but um. So well, I'm I'm annoyed that they haven't announced a vinyl release yet. <laughs> At least, at least I've checked for vinyl, and they they don't have an LP so coming out. I, I want to talk to you about vinyl because you're you're actually going to be releasing your new EP on vinyl. Yeah, we decided to finally do that, and, and that's a big fork, deal. Fork over the the amazing amount of money that you have to pay to get vinyl because they have all like because they have to do a press of it. Right. They you know you got to order so so many just to even get them to do a press right. of it. So right. we had to order like 250. We're going to sell 10 of them. <laughs> But we, but we wanted, we really wanted something that was tactile. We wanted to hold it. We mm -hmm. wanted to, to sell it. And right now, with the way music is, and everyone's into vinyl, everyone's into LPs. Um, we we make CDs, but we don't. People don't buy those. Right. But they're buying vinyl. Right. So they'll pay more, even though we could we could charge a cheaper price for the CD. They're going to pay more for the vinyl. Just just one because they like people like to have that with them, and everyone has record players again. Um, and we just wanted to. We're big. We're, um, my bass player Jeff and I are both really big on having vinyls. Right, we right. like we like the tactile. We like touching it. We like putting it on. It's an um, event. Yeah, it's different. Like streaming has kind of ruined music in a, in a sense. I, I feel like streaming has done some wonderful things as far as making songs available. Like for instance, well, well let's listen to your album. Your, not your album, but your the the song off of one of your uh, recent albums mm -hmm. called Me, which is actually the same shirt you're wearing right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, is, is this just, your shirt? No, they sold it online. They just said meh, and we oh. said, "Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> it's our album. Yeah, it's our album. Uh, it's a it's great free advertisement. It's a great shirt." And uh, this album uh, is called Meh. It's uh, the Omoligans. You can find them online at all the all the streaming services: yeah. Apple, iTunes, uh, Spotify. And this song is called Textual Criticism.
That was awesome. Yeah, we had we had a total Pink Floyd moment because you had Pirates of the Caribbean on the TV and it, it really lined up like it was Dark Side of the Moon and Wizard of Oz. It was pretty cool. That was. Pretty. <laughs> yeah, you have to listen to that whole album and watch the whole movie here and, yeah. and see if it lines up like that. Perfectly. That was awesome. Uh, so, what was that song about? <laughs> uh, it's it's about the Bible. It's about uh, oh, okay. it's actually um, our uh, bass player was um, grew up in the church and then is no longer part of the church and it's just the uh, inconsistencies and hypocrisies of the Bible. Oh, okay, and all right. Kind of believing in science, so I dig it. It's it's a fun song. I think. Yeah, I think it's one of our better played songs. So. Excellent song. No, I I I always am astounded by the quality that you guys have that that you put in. I mean, obviously, you know, with punk rock, it can be pretty lax. It can be pretty simple quote unquote but when you actually put in the work and put in the the, the dedication to it and it, it sounds like you guys are a pro band well we had a great engineer um patrick hills over at earth earth tone um uh records he i'm not records but earth tone he has a studio out in sacramento and he is okay. he's unbelievable he's so great to work with and he comes out with he makes us sound much better than we are which is, <laughs> which is the greatest compliment we can give him yeah it's amazing what they can do in the studio yeah. right yeah yeah Good stuff, man. Well, thank you for letting me share that. And uh, people can check you out, uh, find the O Mulligans, right? Yeah, yeah. We're on Facebook and uh, Spotify and all the you know, iTunes, all that fun stuff. Awesome. Yeah. So um, back to vinyl, though. Yes. So uh, how, how, um, how, do you, how do you feel about vinyl versus the digital sound and CD sound? Do you feel like because it's like the physical copy the physical media that you just get more raw sound out of it what i like is is not only that when you when you lay it down you put the needle on mm -hmm. there's that that scratching that you can you can really hear um just audio at its best and that's mm -hmm. how what i like so like we have this at my house um you know we have this really nice uh, audio technica um, record player but then the speakers are these kind of like 1980s kind of older speakers because i like that warmth i don't like the precision there's some some of the music especially older tracks mm -hmm. sound better not sounding perfect right i like i like that the sounds blend together and um so like i just um to i just bought the uh harry potter that's like five the first five movies mm -hmm. and so um we have a big again during nerd talk, we have a, a big Lego station in our in our garage that my wife and my kids we all build Legos. You guys are no joke. I, I have never seen somebody with such an extravagant setup with 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 Legos. I mean, I I played with Legos when I was a kid, but never to this level. Good lord, I'm so happy I got married and have kids because if it was just me playing with these Legos, like I would be single forever. But well, I have a wife not, that's totally on board with it. Yeah, and it's yeah. not just you and the kids. It's it's your wife as yeah. well who's totally gung ho. About yeah, she this. just bought the Disney castle, and I was telling her to take it take it easy because like that's a lot of money, and she's building it like in a straight shot. I'm like, take some time because once this thing is built, we're done with. Right. Right. Um, but, um, wait, 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 you're done with like, so what, what are you going to do with it now that it's built? Oh, well we, Oh God damn it. We're, we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're building a, a very, a pop culture village of oh, Disney. So we have, uh, okay. we have the stranger things buyer's house that nice. it's double sided. So like the top side is normal. And then the bottom, it's the upside down. So you can flip it on either side and you have, and you, things and you guys already built this? Yeah, that one's already built. Okay. Um, I'm currently building uh, Hogwarts Castle, nice. which is this uh, over 6,000 piece uh, build. And then we also found a website online that you can buy lighting. So oh. you can actually like, you can put lights in the whole, in Hogwarts. We, we first started it out with the Ecto-1 from Ghostbusters. Oh. We have that one. Oh, nice. So we put a lighting system in that. And so they're really cool. So you yeah, can turn that yeah. thing on. And but, you notice I played a little uh, oh. uh, 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 little uh, Ghostbusters oh, at Mr. the beginning. Mr. Elmer, Mr. Elmer Bernstein, man. I, yeah. oh, I heard it. Yeah, Elmer, Elmer Bernstein. We were talking about him a little bit on our way over here to the studio. Yeah. And 
you were saying that he got his start or he got his his uh, second uh like uh, second breath second breath yeah, of, of yeah. you know his his second introduction back into these uh, scoring world for movies yeah. with comedy with comedies yeah and did you, did you you were saying that the first one that he did was airplane it was one of the first yeah i was looking at the imdb it's but airplane i think was was one of the ones that you took this really much like the movie itself mm-hmm. you took a very serious you played it straight right and then but there were all this comedy within it yeah. and much like um bursting score it's played very straight. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's sampling John Williams right now, right. Jaws. But, but he, but he, <laughs> it, the score is is very, it's very mature and it's very, it's not it's very robust and it's not, it's not just like someone you're not hearing like little wackadoos and yeah, slapsticks and, yeah. and, and like no, right, you're hearing right. real music. And everybody oh, knows the airplane oh, theme song. So good. And right away, you could tell, uh, you can you could tell the similarities between Airplane and Ghostbusters. Right. Now, I've seen Ghostbusters the the one and two probably a million times in my lifetime, and so I know I know all the sounds. Like as soon as I hear just a little bit of a, a little bit of a, what are those things called? The theremin. Yeah. Like one oh, of yeah. those theremin songs. Your ears perk up, and oh, you're yeah. like, oh, I know here exactly comes. what part that 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 song is in the movie. Yes. You know, and. Uh, but just hearing the similarities right there in uh, Airplane, it's 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 awesome that <clears throat> he's just a great great composer. He's a great guy. I mean, he did a uh, uh, Stripes, mm-hmm. uh, did a uh, Animal House. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, again, it's this this good. But if you look, go further back in his in his catalog, you're seeing all these serious movies. Mm-hmm. But then got a second second wind. I think that's really cool. There second it wind. Is. Second wind. Um, <laughs> doing comedy and yeah and. None more prominent than than airplane and Ghostbusters. Absolutely, two of the best. Uh, so going back to your uh, Lego Land. Oh yeah, so we we have we ended up wiring speakers into the garage. Oh nice, and so that we can work and listen to music. And there's and it has Bluetooth, so I can play my Spotify if I want to. But sure. there's something about grabbing that Harry Potter record and and pulling it out of the jacket and mm-hmm. sleeve and putting it on there, dropping the needle, and hearing it with that little bit of a scratch. I like that. I like that. It, it's, it feels really nice to, to listen to that. And then even though I'm having to get up every 10 minutes to flip the, the record around. That, I, that's the downside of, of listening to LPs, but especially I, in the other room. And, yeah. And I, I, but I also feel like that's, that's part of the magic of it because you create more of an event. Mm-hmm. You, you sit down, you're actually listening. You have to physically be involved with the listening experience. And it's finding the album too. Like, you know, I have all my albums lined up and, you know, walking up to the wall that mm-hmm. has all my records and then thumbing through them to find the right album yeah. is always a fun pleasure. And I'd be like, oh, what are we listening to today? Is right, it, right. Is it going to be a movie score or is it going to be The Kinks or is it going to be Blink 182? I mm-hmm. don't know. Or is it going to be Buddy Rich and, and listen to jazz? It, it's, it covers that whole gamut. And, yeah. I, I love that. And it's it's totally different than just flipping through your phone and clicking, oh, what kind of playlist do I want? Oh, I want mm-hmm. punk rock today. Okay. And it's just set it and forget it. Right. It's it's almost like it's turned music into commercials where you just kind of like on demand. It's just like, okay, well, here we go again. Yeah. But to actually turning it into an event. And that's what that's what I love about vinyl. And you can get into the intricacies of, of all your setups because, you know, there's different okay. town turntables, amplifiers, yeah. speakers, like you mentioned, uh, your speakers from the eighties. I, I agree. I, I have a, unfortunately my speakers didn't survive. Um, but I had a set of speakers similar to yours that I had from the eighties that my parents had when I was growing up. 
And I still have the uh, receiver from it. Mm-hmm. It's like really old school. You have to actually activate the buttons in order. It's not, it's not, it's digital, but it's not like completely digital. And uh, you have to select which channels you want for the yeah. speakers, A and B. And man, I, I had this whole surround sound set up with this one thing. And I, and my way of surround sound was actually daisy chaining <laughs> the, the speaker cables. So I'd like have one for the front, one for the back. And I would daisy chain both of those wire cables into the same port. <laughs> they have to like, I'd have to like jam them in there to try to get them. And it worked every time, but you know, it's just the simple things were so, so much more simpler than, um, but yeah, I just feel like vinyls are just are, are where it's at when it comes to actually listening to music yeah. and, and feeling it and experiencing it. And, and I know like uh, tapes are coming back and I'm not, I'm not on that wagon yet. And no. I'm like, you know what? I, vinyl sounds good. Yeah. Tape sounds like tape. It sounds like shit. Yeah. And that's why VHS isn't coming back either. Guys. Like either, <sighs> yeah. either give me digital or give me vinyl. I'll, I'll, one or the other. I don't need tapes. Some mediums just need to pass yeah. and they need Let to stay dead. Yeah. I mean, eight tracks, even those okay. they're, they're trying to bring those back. I've heard of uh, new bands releasing new new tracks on the track too. That's I know because you got to find an eight track. Yeah, <laughs> and there there are those you know they do those like retro uh, throwback machines that probably has you know like a cassette and eight track a CD player all in one. Mm-hmm. But those things sound sound like shit. Yeah, right. Like they just spend all well, their money into trying to make all those things work together in one machine with the the sound that they put out is just garbage yeah and eight tracks if you like one song you have to wait for the whole fucking thing to go back around <laughs> before you can listen to it again so that's stupid God, like, that's right <laughs> yeah so stupid uh but not stupid your guys new album will be out on vinyl i really that's appreciate exciting. the plug because yeah. we're terrible at plugging our own band so that's really nice of you yeah absolutely yeah. when's your next show Oh shit! Don't do that to me. Okay, <laughs> it's somewhere in September. End of September. Look, look okay. for us. You got some time. I think it's at Press Club or somewhere. All we'll right. Figure well, it out. I'll plug your uh, I'll plug your social media on the oh, yeah. on the show notes. It'll and, be there. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, so one of the main reasons I have you here is to make sense of all this D twenty three stuff. Mm-hmm. I can't really digest all of it. I, I was trying to. You came over the other day um, and you caught me catching all the highlights mm-hmm. from the 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 whole uh, event, but I still didn't get everything that's going on. And I, I, I think that we should really just go over the highlights in your opinion, like what's the best, what's the worst, what's going to be happening here. So I think at the top of the list that we're really looking forward to is the Mandalorian. Oh God. Right. Mandalorian. Dude. And this is a story about the, uh, about Boba Fett, the bounty no. hunter from, no, no, not Boba Fett. It's really? Just, yeah. So the man, Oh God, here we go. Getting nerdy again. Mandalorian. Get, get nerdy. Uh, Mandalorian is, is, a. Uh, oh, race of warriors um so it's actually a, a tribe of people so the mandalorian is not just bubba fett he is a practitioner of the man of the Mandalorian. oh way. so this is his origin because it's kind of like his origins not even that it follows really? a follows a brand new character who is the mandalorian it's played by uh pedro pascal he was in um uh, the Kingsman, the second Kingsman movie, he was the okay. cowboy guy. Okay, yeah. So and he's going to be in the new Wonder Woman movie. Okay. Um, Which, by the way, I had no idea what was happening until I walked out of a theater and I saw the poster for it. Well, that's a sexy poster. Yeah. It is, yeah. but I mean, I didn't know. I didn't even know that Wonder Woman was coming yeah, out. Yeah, uh, Kristen movie. Kristen Wiig is in it as one of the villains. She's Chia, Ch- Cheetah. Cheetah. No yeah. way. Yeah. Kristen Wiig is a villain. Yeah. It's okay. Gonna be fun. I'm on board. All right. Take, take my money. We'll see about it. Yeah, so, so Mandalorian is is not an origin because we found out the origin of Boba Fett in the uh, in prequels. the prequels yeah. of Star Wars, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so of course everybody knows that. We don't have to recap that. No. All you nerds, you should know that. Yeah. 
Um, so what's going on with the Mandalorian? Well, so this show it's, it's the showrunner is John Favreau, okay, who, who we all know and love. Mm-hmm. You know, did I directed the first two Iron Man movies, directed Lion King, Jungle, Jungle Book. Book. He, yeah. he is the Disney's, you know, golden child. Golden right child. Now. Yeah, I think he just became like one of the Disney legends. So I saw that too. Yeah, yeah him, it was and, him and Robert Downey and Disney legend. Yeah. So he's show running this. They have directors like um, Taika Waititi, Waititi, Taika mm-hmm. Waititi, who did uh, Thor, the newest Thor Ragnarok movie. So he is hilarious. hilarious, and he's playing one of the characters. He's playing the sidekick droid oh, to the Mandalorian. So that's you're perfect. You're gonna hear this great New Zealand kind of accent when this robot, which is gonna be, I think, will be really fun. I really like that guy. He yeah. I, and I thought that he, I thought that 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 voice was uh, the other New Zealander guy. He was in. Uh, 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 what we do in the shadows. Oh, Jer- Jeremy Clement. Yeah, the, Jeremy the guy, Clement. Yeah, from Jermaine, Fire the Conquerors. Jermaine. Jermaine there Clement. Yeah, from Fire the Conquerors. Hey, obviously, Which, you know the New Zealand accent was yeah. really what tipped me off. But once I IMDb'd it, it was a totally different dude. Yeah, and I love Jermaine. But they all Clement. worked together, uh, Taika and and Jermaine, because they did what do, what we do in the shadows together. Oh, they did that together. They did do it together. Oh, yeah. okay, all right. Yeah, I guess New Zealand's a small, a, a small world over there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he's in it. Okay. Um, they have. Uh, I was really excited to see that Bill Burr got announced his this that he's is, in it. This is a huge deal for Bill Burr. Well, it's big because if you ever listen to his watch his interviews, he hates Star Wars. Really, he hates it. He said he watched it for the first time when he was like in his like twenties and was like, hmm. like, okay, I guess if this if I was a kid, I would have loved this, but this is now as an adult is I'm seeing this and it's not that good. Okay, so it's really funny that he's. That he hated it, but yet he's in the show. And, well, and obviously, the well, paycheck is good. Oh yeah, and if you're getting good with Disney, I think you're going to be fine. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. like when once once you're signed up for a Marvel movie, I yeah. mean, if you're a part of the team, you're getting a paycheck. Right. Whether it's Robert Downey Jr. money versus you know uh, what's the guy, the Hawkeye guy, uh, uh, Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think he's getting the same. He can't keep a franchise level. to save his life, man. Exactly. Like he had the Bourne franchise and that witch and the. Witch Hunter ones, Hansel and Gretel that didn't do anything. Didn't stick. No, no, he, that poor guy. Yeah. But so it's got him. It's got. Um, do we know what Bill Burr is playing in in this? Or? He hasn't said. Um, there, there's talk that in the trailer that you can see a glimpse of his bald head as he's walking away. Uh, okay. Like, oh, that's Bill Burr. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to see this, like you know, Boston accent in, yeah. in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Should be pretty funny. Um, so they got him. They have Carl Weathers who was in Rocky. You know, mm-hmm. Apollo Creed and. He was in a Predator. He's playing a character in it. They have um, one of the things I really liked. They have Gus from Breaking Bad as one of the main antagonists. Oh, nice! Yeah, he's playing uh, someone on the uh, side of the Empire that's kind of chasing down the Mandalorian. He was in uh, whoever played Gus in in uh, Breaking Bad. I can't remember his name. Oh, I'm so off. It's, it's wonky, dude. I tried looking it up, and he's I'm a like, Mexican guy, right? Yeah, I'm like, I can't even pronounce his name, so I just. He said, was in the boys too. Did you ever did you ever watch uh, the I, boys? I have on not Prime? watched the boys yet. I oh. know I need to. It's and that Amazon Prime original. It's about superheroes in modern day world yeah. and you know, there's actual consequences to their actions and they're it's a dirty, underbelly, seedy world that mm-hmm. they live in. Um and Gus plays one of the higher ups in the company that plays uh, a role in, in, in uh uh, facilitating all the superheroes. So is he kind of rehashing his Gus character? Not really. He kind of plays an uppity, like, CEO type of guy, just like straight-laced business dude. Okay. Um, but it's it's still, he's you know, it's Gus. He, he's great. Um, and we're going to tease a little bit more about the Breaking Bad stuff here a little Ooh. bit later. Mm. Uh, I'm excited about mm. it. Uh, but who, what, what else is going on with The Mandalorian? 
Well, I know that they have a, it's going to be a 10 episode arc. They're only going to release it once a week. So they're going to make you wait, which is, I think is a smart thing to do rather than just right. dumping them all at once. But it really is, it's Disney Plus's kind of flagship. Okay. They're coming out, they're coming out strong with this show. They, I think even uh, Emily Blunt's directing an episode. No kidding. Yeah. So they, they're, they're hiring and they put, I think, I think they said each episode cost like $125 million each episode. What? They did something along, something along those lines where... They they put money into this Holy show, which, shit. which I'm happy for because I as much as I love superhero movies, mm-hmm. I hate superhero shows right. like all the stuff on the CW. Oh yeah, um, Flash and Arrow and everything. Because like Gotham, did you like just, that at no, all? No, because I don't think they put the money into. They don't put. There's nothing in the budget for the CG to be done right. Right. And it takes me so far out of it that mm-hmm. I'm like, I just can't fucking get into this. That's where I was at with the Orville when that first came out. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 uh, God, what's his name. Seth MacFarlane, thank you. Thank you. Uh, that that the, the I just thought it was a rip off of Star Trek, and I wasn't like a huge Star Trek fan, yeah, but since since the Orville came out, uh, I I've given it a shot, and I loved I loved it. Uh, it's a great show, and I feel like because it's just great writing. Um, but you know, I, I've I've grown to kind of put the whole s- special effects TV version stuff aside. I guess if you have strong writing, you can do that, the and that's is, it. Yeah, the CW is very melodramatic, and, sure. And, there's just definitely no, place to teens. There's and, no substance right. to to the writing there, yeah. and it's like they're just depending on the characters just to be there and, so, and people yeah, to watch. My wife loves it. My wife loves all those shows, so she watches them. So apparently, it appeals to people who can put that. I just can't do it. So it's the same yeah. reason I can't watch Doctor Who. Oh yeah, I can't watch Doctor. Everyone's like, "Oh, I watch Doctor Who is the greatest show." I watch it. I'm like, I can't fucking do this. Season. My wife loves Doctor Who, and I, I've I've watched a little bit of it, and the David Tennant version of the Doctor. Mm-hmm. I love David Tennant as an actor. Yeah. Um, I, I appreciated that. I, I, I liked that version of it, but any other version, I just kind of like, ah, it's okay. I'd rather watch something else. Yeah. But yeah, they're coming out with this, this Mandalorian, which I'm, I'm all for. And they have, so other, this is they have a couple other spinoffs too. And well, but, the, but first the Mandalorian will be out when Disney plus comes out. Yeah. I think initially. November 12th. Right. So that'll be like right when it comes out, first episodes available. Yeah. And then you're going to have to wait every week for another $125 million episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, and uh, so what? What else is going on? Uh, I know that for Star Wars Land, they 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 still have um, uh, a TV show based off of the Rogue One character Cassian Andor, who was played by Diego Luna. Uh huh. Um, you know, he died at the end of Rogue One. Of oh, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! He dead. Um, but they're following his kind of adventures leading up to Rogue uh-huh. One. So I think it's like three or four years before that. That's all they really gave on him. So they okay. have, he has his own show coming out. So but, well, just to backtrack, just one second, because you're mentioning like timelines here. Oh, God damn. It's, it can be pretty confusing. There's a picture up. They, they did a picture where they showed the timeline where every character or every movie or TV mm-hmm. show is landing within the timeline. Right. And with, so, the, with the old movies and the new movies yeah. and the prequels even. Yeah. So where does the Mandalorian fall? Do you know? The Mandalorian is, I think... It's between Jedi and Force Awakens. No, I'm sorry. Take that back. It's between the prequels and A New Hope. Oh, okay. Um, so this so, is still early days. Yeah, because I, I believe it's 19 years between oh. the last prequel movie and then A New Hope, the first Got Star it. Wars movie that they did. Got it. And so I think this is like around like year four. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Should be good. And then Cassian Andor is kind of taking place in that same time frame. Um, but the one, the big thing they announced... That, that I was so happy about. They brought out Ewan McGregor, who, mm-hmm. who's repraising Obi-Wan Kenobi for a TV series nice. that's taking place during the same time as the Solo movie. Oh, yeah. okay. That's going to be good. I am so happy. He's Actually, my wife and I, we got uh, 
tickets to the Star Wars celebration. So, so of all these conventions, they have one that's purely for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to take the kids and, and we're going to go down and see that. So my wife and I are super excited because they're probably going to tell us more about ah. Obi-Wan. So I'll be, I'll be the insider. And, and Ewan McGregor might show up and might make a little appearance. Yeah, there, and right? I'm scream like a little girl when he does. <laughs> I'm hit a lot of hello there. Hello there. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's going to be good. And so, uh, is there any, is there anything else planned for Star Wars? Is that pretty much like the highlights? That, of, that was the big that. highlight stuff. Okay. Um, you know, Star Wars land, I know, kind of didn't land as, as, uh, successful as I think Disney wanted to. So, um, at Disneyland? Yeah. The, um, really? You know, I, I get it. There's a lot of people that, um, one, I think they were trying, they did so well on crowd control mm-hmm. that people were like, fuck it, I'm not going there. It's, the place is going to be a madhouse. Mm-hmm. So people didn't show up there. But also, you know, when we were kids, um, Star Wars was it. Mm-hmm. If, if you wanted to watch an epic adventure, you watched Star Wars. That's all you really had for you. Right. Um, but now it's Star Wars. It's Marvel. It's DC. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Harry Potter. It's, it's, there's so many options. That I don't think Star Wars is sticking with kids the way that it stuck with us. Right. And so, um, you know, hopefully that they're, you know, they're trying to make, still pull them in and, and get it going and try to build up more, I think, attendance at the, Star Wars. So they didn't really talk too much about that. They did announce that they're doing a whole Avengers land. Oh, nice. At Disneyland. Okay. Last, um, I was just in Disneyland uh, last year, and that's all. It was all California Adventure, where Bugs Life used to be, mm-hmm. is all blocked off, and that's where they're building building the Avengers. Oh, nice. Yeah. And they've already started that with the Guardians of the Galaxy ride there. Yeah, they, they so turned it's... the, the terror, Tower of Terror into right. the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Right. Yeah. Did you guys go on that? Was it No, good? my wife is terrified of like the drop one. Well, she's, oh, she does like okay. rides all together, okay. but the one where you drop, she's like, mm, no, thank you. And so um, <laughs> we just we just did other things. So Okay. Yeah. Sweet, sweet. Um, what's what, what are the next big things planned for Disney? Are there any like live action stuff that they're going to be doing? Yeah, they're doing another live action of uh, Lady and the Tramp. Are they really? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Live action Lady and the Tramp like they did with like the Lion King where it's all CG? It's more like akin, not even akin to Jungle Book. It's it's like all the characters are real people, but then the dogs are real dogs. Oh. But then they kind of, you know, they do CG over their mouth to make them talk. Oh, okay. So they're going to have the same emoting problem that that oh, Lion King you. had because you can't show emotions. Well, dogs might be better because they have eyebrows. Yeah. So the dogs can show emotions. That's true. Yeah. But did you, were you impressed by by the uh, by the Lion King? Did you watch that? I did. Yeah. I did. And um, but the, that problem about emoting was the big thing. Yeah. Um, you know what makes the animated version so great is that they can do so much with colors and then with emotions on the faces mm-hmm. and you got these big bright purples. You got giraffes standing on top of hippos. You're not going to get that in as. Which you you think if you're gonna have talking animals, why not go full tilt and have them be crazy wonky characters? But that's right. not the route they decided to go. And it, it it I think it added an effect that made it a little bit more real. Obviously, like more realistic, yeah. but like terrifying almost because yeah. it was just like the animal kingdom doing what it does. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what that's what made all the kids that were in the theater with me screaming at the top <laughs> of their lungs at like four or five years old. Oh, we didn't get that. <laughs> Well, well, I did have a little girl sitting next to me that was like when when Mufasa died. She she brought tissues with her because she knew she obviously saw the animated oh, yeah, one, so yeah, she knew yeah. what was coming. Yeah. So I hear, <laughs> and and I'm sitting there. Did you ask her? To <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wiping my tears too. Can I borrow yeah. one of those? Yeah, I thought they actually. The, uh, I wish they had kept Jeremy Irons. Oh, I like know. like James Earl Jones is great, but yeah. there's nothing he does. 
there was no real affect to his role. He yeah. just kind of just read his lines. It's a staple. Yeah, and Jeremy Irons, like, if you watch the animated version, he, you can tell he's getting in the groove of of playing this voice, mm-hmm. which um, the guy, I, I can't pronounce his name, who did Scar this time around, he was fine. Yeah. And that's really what I have to say about this movie. It's fine. Yeah. Like, it's still great in terms of, it's the same Lion King story. So if you like the animated, the story is the same, you're going to love it. Exactly. It's, but in terms of execution, it's it's fine. Right. And I feel like they robbed uh, Scar's best, the, the best oh. part of the, of the movie was Scar's song, yeah. Be Prepared. Yeah. And they completely butchered it and well, they shortened were, it. And they it were gonna, was not the same. They were going to cut it all together. Really? They, they had even said that they, that whole song was going to get cut. And uh, to make way for Beyonce's new song, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so people got all butthurt, and so they said, Okay, well, we'll kind of have them talk, sing through it yeah. like it's a spoken word. Almost. I don't like it, yeah, I don't approve. No, nope. no, bring back Jeremy Irons, but but this new uh, Lady in the Tramp movie, which um, so this then is the the real dogs, but then they kind of animate over their mouth. Mm-hmm. But what the cool story I liked about it is that the uh, the dog they got to play Tramp is a rescue dog, they got it from. A shelter oh, okay. from a pound. They got him from the pound. And like, right. So they were like, oh, this dog looks like the tramp. This is going to be our dog. And I'm like, you know what? Okay, I like that. You, All res- right. you guys rescued a dog, gave him a new lease on life. Yeah. You know, he was uh, he was walking the red carpet, which, the, you know, I'll never get to do, but the fucking dog did. So, you know, good for him. That's cool. Yeah. yeah so I was, I'm like, all right, that, that's... So this will cool be a Disney Plus exclusive? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a movie, like a, a straight, to, you know, not straight to DVD, but right. it's going to be a movie that's going to be on Disney Plus. Cool, cool. Yeah, and then, um, you know, they're doing other things. I think they're coming out with a Cruella DeVille movie. They showed uh, really? they showed Emma Stone as Cruella DeVille. Which oh, looks like, that's yeah, a good... Yeah, like punk rock Cruella DeVille. Great casting choice. Yeah. So maybe like a younger Cruella DeVille. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I'm on board. Dig like, it. You know, take my money. What's uh, what's Miss Marvel first <sighs> Muslim lead? Yes. What's this? What is this? So Ms. Marvel, there's a series of comics about Ms. Marvel, not Captain Marvel, separate character. I think they have the same powers. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ms. Marvel is a Muslim uh, superhero. Okay. In the Marvel Universe. The first so, ever. First ever. Well, she's getting her own live action show with a Muslim lead. So wow. now so there's going to be some representation on mm-hmm. Disney Plus because they're doing that. They're doing a She-Hulk movie. She-Hulk? She-Hulk. So if you took the Hulk and you made it a woman and then you also made her a lawyer. Oh, okay. Which which I understand is supposed to be live action, which is, I'm like, is it going to be like Ally McBill and like uh, with the She-Hulk? <laughs> but it's going to be, you know, I don't, like, that's the one I'm kind of like, oh, that's, I don't know how I'm going to feel about that one when it lands, like, because you're going to have this big green monster it'll be, as a lawyer. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Okay, wait, 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 wait. So she'll be a Hulk, but a lawyer at the same time. Or will she be a Hulk at night and a lawyer by day? That's a great question. I don't know. Yeah, and and how I kind I imagine her being a, a female Hulk as a lawyer, right. like kind of like, like she, how Bruce Banner was in yeah. the Avengers yeah. uh, Endgame. Like she yells objection normal. and like talk, like pitches the table across the room. She Hulk object. Yeah, so that'll that'll be good, I guess. Yeah, um, and they have another one called Moon Knight. Honestly, oh, what's this? Couldn't, couldn't tell you. That's just a mystery. It's another Marvel character that I just never, oh, okay. never got around to, but. Right. I don't know. I'm sorry. I should have came prepared for that one. There's an, there's enough to cover here. It's okay. There's and then they got all the fucking movies coming out. They got the Eternals coming out, which is gonna have Salma Hayek and and Angelina Jolie. Um, my family personally were really excited because there's gonna be the first death 
superhero, oh. and I have a deaf daughter and a, and a deaf son. So my when I told my daughter, I'm like, there's going to be a deaf superhero. She's like, what? Oh, my well, she gosh. didn't say what. She signed it. She was like, what? Yeah. And she was like, who is it? And I showed her the actress. She's like, yes, that's, that's so awesome. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm, very, I'm someone who definitely believes in reputation. Uh, reputa- uh, representation. Thank you. Yeah. Representation matters. So oh, yeah. I'm totally on board with all. They have a Shang Chi and the Ten Rings movie coming out, so you're gonna have your first Asian uh, super led superhero movie. What? Um, wait, who's? Where is this? What this universe is this falling? Is this another that's all Marvel? Marvel? That's all Marvel. Okay, man. and they're actually playing off of um, the uh, the Mandarin from okay. Iron Man Three. Remember, it was played by Bing Kingsley, and then he was like, it pulled the rug under you. It wasn't really him. Spoiler yeah, alert. yeah, yeah. So they're gonna have the actual Mandarin, which is one of Iron Man's biggest villains. It's oh. gonna be the villain of this movie. Okay. So I'm on board. Take my money. They're, they're doing another <laughs> Thor movie called Love and Thunder. You're gonna have your first um, lesbian superhero lead um the woman who played valkyrie mm-hmm. uh, who's a lesbian in real life oh i didn't know that she that didn't, i didn't know that her character was a lesbian yeah as well. she's gonna be on from what i understand she's gonna be on the hunt for her queen excellent yeah, to, I, I like her character lead a lot. Well, i like her just in general tessa yeah. thompson she is yeah she's so lovely yeah and uh she's a great actress her and 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 chris hemsworth uh chemistry in thor movie yeah was fantastic Absolutely. men in black sucked ass but Oh the, yeah, they they were did the same. They were they were partners in the yeah, Men in Black movie yeah, the, too. The lightning, International. The lightning did not strike twice. I you didn't know, was, see that one. It's bad. Is it? It's so bad. Yeah. Don't do it. Okay. You can you can avoid that one. Not even for free. <sighs> no. Not even worth it. No, no. Right. It just has none of the spirit of the original movies. I think because you know the original the original ones you see a lot of real creature effects effects again. It's that tactile. Yeah, yeah. It's that like you've seen real real movie making, and this is all CG characters. They kind of miss this. It was supposed to be like aliens living in the our world and how mm-hmm. they would interact, and that's interesting. But mm-hmm. when you just have every alien walking down the street like no one gives a shit, yeah, it's like, well, you're kind of you're kind of losing some of the mystery. Sure, sure, yeah. So, and they did, they did have all their monsters were like real, yeah, real effects. Yeah, I think um, in the original Men in Blacks. Yeah, 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 they were great. Good stuff. They were great. Um, but they're giving Thor another sequel with. Uh, Taika Waititi coming back and and directing it and so I'm I'm on board because they did a total total shift yeah between the first two two Thor movies um, to this third one where they just kind of went you know what fuck it let's just have fun with this movie yeah let's let's get rid of the thespian that Thor is and just make it an actual just bonkers movie because they're in space you can do whatever you want so much fun the Ragnarok movie is I think my favorite Thor movie that they I did. think I listed it as my number one yeah. on, on, as my favorite Marvel movie that they made so do you think we're gonna get fat Thor in Love and Thunder uh, do you think he's gonna lose some weight yeah I think they're gonna make him lose weight I know he really pushed to keep the fat suit into that final battle in Endgame <laughs> so I think they're gonna be like alright listen we gave you the final battle yeah you know hit the gym take that, off the fat that suit that was so much fun I thought that was like unexpected and such hilarious. a show stealer yeah. that whole thing with it with uh, Thor getting fat That's so funny so and it funny. gave fat guys uh, like a whole lease on life when it came to going to Comic-Cons and doing and doing cosplay. That's right, that's Because right. all of a sudden, they're like, you know, you could only be like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man uh, as a fat person. <laughs> you, so you had to, like, my options are limited. I got that, I got Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. Like, I got, so it was nice for them to be like, oh, no, there's a real superhero that I can, you know, show my gut and, and say, <laughs> to say I'm a superhero. Hey, I'm Thor. I'm Thor. What God, do you want? God of Thunder. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, that's great. I didn't know that uh, she was gonna have a lesbian lead there. That's yeah, really cool. And then they have yeah. uh, the Game of Black Widow movie. Uh, in spoiler alert, she died in Endgame. I don't know if you knew this, but she did. She did. She sacrificed herself. That's but they're, right. They're, they're rocking an origin story for oh good for her. And the thing that I love about it because you know she's this 
she doesn't have the accent, but she's a Russian spy. That's how mm-hmm. her origin is. Mm-hmm. Um, they got David Harbour from Stranger Things. Yes, I love this guy. He's playing the Red Guardian, which is the Russian version of Captain America. Really? Yeah. So take my money. Holy I'm fucking, crap. I love that he is in this movie. I love that he's in the Marvel Universe now. He's such a and great actor. He is. Such a Although... Well, how do you feel about the uh, the remake that they did of uh, Hellboy? It hurt my heart. Right. It hurt my heart because I'm such a Hellboy fan. I have a Hellboy tattoo. I'm a big Guillermo del Toro fan. Mm-hmm. Like He's probably one of my favorite all-time directors, and it was so sad he didn't get to make his third movie with Ron Perlman, who was so perfect. And when I heard David Harbour was cast, I said, hey, if we're not going to get Guillermo's movie, I'm totally on board with, with David Harbour playing Hellboy. And they just... Bossed it the fuck up. And I know there was a lot of behind-the-scene troubles where, mm. they, you know, the producers were arguing with the directors. And from one of the stories I read, they, um, this, the director had this director of photography that he used in, like, every one of his movies. And the producers came in and said, oh, that guy, he's fired. Really? Just to, as a show of force to be like, this is what we can do. Oh. And so there's, if you ever hear the tension behind the scenes, then you know it's going to be rough on the, yeah. on the execution. That's true. And, and they, they went full R- which was I can appreciate because people mm-hmm. are getting bodies ripped in half. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I'm, right, on, right. I'm on board with that. But the overall story execution, and it just it did not have any of the spirit that I was hoping it would have. Because either they tried to kind of bridge this middle ground between like hard R and what Guillermo did with the first two Hellboy movies. And it's like, listen, pick a hole. Yeah. Pick a hole and, and go and commit to it. Right. And we didn't get that. And it, just, it was a messy movie. That's too bad. That set up for a sequel that you you immediately know, like, they're not getting the sequel. Yeah. But at least, hey, you know what? He's in the he's in the Marvel Universe. A little now, redemption so. there. A little redemption. Yeah, I think we'll have a good time there. And he'll always have Stranger Things. And, oh, yeah. yeah he's, a, he's a great actor. There's a little, like, awkward uh, a movie that they did on Netflix called Dr. Frankenstein's Frankenstein's Monster. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. it's really weird. It's kind of like a mockumentary thing of David Harbour looking back at his dad's career as an actor and his dad's his is that real? Grand- is it a documentary? Or is it's it a, a mockumentary. Mockumentary. Okay. Yeah. So it's 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 obviously like you know tongue in cheek, very uh, uh, like he he plays like somebody who's trying to figure out his dad's origins mm. and and where he went. And his dad is supposedly like this huge thespian who. Um, went to Juilliard, but really didn't go to Juilliard, but always totes, touts about him going to Juilliard. And obviously David Harbour plays his dad and mm. then he plays his mm. grandpa. And so they like, you know, go back and forth from present day, him trying to figure it out. Like, And it's only half hour, right? Yeah. They knocked really that sh- into a half hour. <clears throat> yeah. That sounds like, that sounds like a lot of it story was, for a half hour. It was show. a dense, uh, a dense story, but because of the simplicity and because of how silly and ridiculous mm. it is, they're able to pull it off, but it was it was really well made. Was I he mean, good? Yeah, I mean David Harbour, he's a great actor. I, I, but I think that because it was, I feel like he got a little bit of creative freedom mm. in, in order to like you know kind of just be himself yeah. and yeah, it was just all all fun and games. Mm. You think he's dead in Stranger Things? No. Yeah, no. I don't think he's dead. No. I, mean, I think he's the American stuck in the uh, the like yeah. you know at the end of spoiler alert. By the way. Uh, the last season of you had things. fucking uh, two months. Get over it, people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I I don't think he died. No, I think that he like somehow got sucked up into the underground or the uh, upside down, mm-hmm. or he ran off just in time. Yeah, to I, miss I mean, that if you explosion. were gonna if you were gonna commit, like they would have committed because yeah. they had she had you know elevens in the story and she's yeah. crying, I'm crying, my wife's crying, everyone's yeah, crying. Yeah. But like if he had really died, they would have had the body. They would have right? shown the body. 
But, I really think they would have shown the body. But because of the way that that device makes people evaporate, yeah, but you wouldn't explode, you wouldn't then tease the American the, the American. Yeah. I think if because then that that's really pulling the rug under you if it comes back and it's not the American. Yeah. It's like well, you definitely built it up for this to not right. have it be him, and then that kind of devalues. Either way, I think they kind of devalued the death. One, yeah. either he didn't really die. You didn't so. see, you didn't get any definitive yeah. answer, right. which is brilliant on the on the filmmaker's mm -hmm. part. And that teaser at the end mm -hmm. where the American is in the, yeah. the so, cell. So if he didn't come back, it would be I, I would be a little annoyed because it yeah. was like, why why then tease it if it's not him? Why would mm -hmm. you tease it? And, and what what if he comes back and he's like part Demogorgon part? And they have to take them. They have to take the Demogorgon out of them. Yeah, something. Oh, that'd be cool. Put me in the writers' room. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love. I, they've they've just an amazing job with that show. Yeah, and yeah. you know what? I got to give props to to Netflix, man. They they really because you know Disney Plus is going to be a huge mm -hmm. hit to their streaming service. But I'm not getting rid of Netflix because they they're still kind of filling that kind of adult yeah. um, niche. Because like oh Disney, you guys got your Ladies and Tramps, you got your Star Wars, you got your Marvel. You know what? We're gonna toss in some adult stuff. So they, I kind of laughed because yesterday I'm walking, my wife and I are out um, running errands, and I open up Facebook and I see this trailer for El Camino, mm -hmm. and this is this Breaking Bad movie that they're making mm -hmm. following uh, Jesse, which I'm all for, man. Like give give me that movie, but they they dropped it right in the middle of of D23, which you're like okay, that was Netflix kind of flexing some muscle to say, okay, you guys got all this kid stuff. We're going to do Breaking Bad. Here's your Breaking Bad movie. Here's your teaser, which is a brilliant teaser. It's a great just kind of lead in, setting up mystery. Oops. Hey, take it easy. Sorry, man. Take it easy. <laughs> but really kind of setting up what this movie's going to be, and, and um, I'm super excited. And Breaking Bad movie. It was perfect timing, in my opinion. This this year has been nothing but great things for things that I like, and to have a Breaking Bad movie come out is. Did you know it was all, coming? No, all I did, I just didn't know it was coming so quick. October. They should have warned me. Yeah, that release date's in October next month, man. Yeah, but they just finished into my eye, and I just wasn't <laughs> prepared for it. Um, but here, here's the teaser, real quick. If you haven't caught I did it, that yet. audio. Yeah, there we go. I don't know what to tell you. I said like. 500 times already I have no idea where he is don't know where he's headed either north, south, west, east Mexico, the moon I don't have a clue but yo even if I did who wouldn't tell you cause I've been watching the news same as everybody else I've seen that little cage of his they kept him in I heard about what all they did to him to make sure he kept cooking so sorry. I don't know what to tell you. No way I'm helping you people put Jesse Pinkman back inside a cage. a month away yeah i know and i'm so excited about this honestly with uh the way that breaking bad ended i imagine that uh walter white will be handcuffed to a hospital bed i hope not i hope he's dead really Just, i do i love love that character but i think he had such a perfect arc and he was he left where he died in the place where he built his empire, mm -hmm. and I thought, well, at least it's supposedly you don't know if he's dead or not. But I really right. hope that's kind of where they left him. That he his story is done. Yeah, 
you know, I think anything else would just be fan service, but his story he had a great arc from this cancer patient to this drug lord mm-hmm. and ended saving Jesse's life. Saving Jesse's life, but then also, I mean, poor Jesse, that guy, if you you know, you watched that show mm-hmm. and that the trailer says it perfectly. They tortured this kid through this entire series. Mm-hmm. And so like the bane of his existence is gone. He's free. And I think that let's move on. I'm totally fine with moving on with Jesse's life. Yeah. After that, because you know, there's other people involved in this drug world that are probably after him, which is what the show is kind of indicating. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think I think having Walter still be alive would just kind of soil this story. You're right. I think it would be fan serving, mm-hmm. and I would be totally happy with that because I love Walter White. But I do feel like you're right. It would soil the story a little bit. I love how pure they kept that whole series. I mean, Breaking Bad will probably be the top show in my opinion my my favorite show ever made Mm -hmm. of all time yeah um vince gilligan is just brilliant he did a brilliant job with this show and i think a lot of that though is credit to how it evolved on its own Mm -hmm. because they had a different vision when the show started they didn't they didn't even think that jesse was going to survive the first season because he and walter white uh had such great chemistry they just had to keep writing right. them into and, the show. And what I like is that you know, what they did with this show, which is not what they did with a lot of shows, like X-Files has this problem. They let them end it. Mm-hmm. He said, okay, look, we're doing five seasons and, mm. and let us end after this five seasons so that they can plant seeds, but then still pay them off. Lost had that issue too. Yeah. Where Lost, they would kind of tease these these little kind of hints and everything, but they never knew when they were going to cancel. So right. they, they could never fully explore them because it was like, well, are we coming back for our next season? Should we just end this now? Yep. Or do we drag this out? As soon as but, that smoke monster came yeah. out, it was over. Yeah. So when you have a definitive ending, you can write that ending and then you can go backwards and then mm-hmm. fill in all the, all the missing parts. And the X-Files had that problem too, yeah. where they just never knew when they were going to end. So they would open up these plots that just never got resolved because mm-hmm. they kept pushing them out and then... They got canceled. And I loved The Smoking Man. I feel like his arc was going to be the one that brought it all together. But it was such a resounding thud and, at the end of that series. Yeah. And and I was a late bloomer to X-Files. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't start watching it until, gosh, like three or four years ago. Oh, because you know that theme song scared the shit out of us, out of us yeah, as a kid. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't think I could have appreciated as much as I did as a kid versus now. And watching it all and experiencing it as an adult. Um, I loved it. And I, I really did like how they were able to do different stories, similar to like uh, the twilight zone where mm-hmm. it was kind of an anthology where you just have different things happening here and there. But then there was those recurring story yeah, they arcs. Pepper in those recurring arcs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I feel like the smoking man was like the biggest, the biggest thing that kept me wanting more of that. And it was such a, just such a dud. Because yeah, they didn't the know end. they didn't know where to end them yeah. until then the show so was bad. Dead. Yeah, it's a sad. Um, but Vince Gilligan was a big part of that as well. He was, yeah, yeah. yeah I actually so he learned. He probably learned from X Files exactly. and was like, you know what, we're putting we're putting an end game on this thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, now you know they're opening up the books again, and I didn't even. I didn't even think they needed to make Better Call Saul, you know, the whole mm-hmm. origin story of uh, Saul Goodman's right. uh, uh, arc there. And it was okay at first, but I felt like it just didn't really need to be there. Like he's a stronger as the support rather than a lead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's a great character, great actor. I, I really do like him. But um, as far as like the Breaking Bad universe went, it just really didn't need yeah. to be made. Yeah. I hope they do really well with, with Jesse because I know that actor. Um, hasn't really done like he's been in a couple of movies that 
he was in that Need for Speed movie that no one saw. Yeah, Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul. Is, yeah. is kind of got a rough deal. He played a Eye in, Eye in the Sky as well mm-hmm. with a Helen Mirren. Yeah, yeah. That was actually a pretty good Alan movie. Alan Rickman, too, isn't it? Yeah, Alan yeah. Rickman. I think it was his last movie before he died. That's right. Yeah, poor, I love that guy. Yeah, he poor was, Alan Rickman. Uh, poor Hans. Ah, uh, yes, Hans Gruber. Hans. Um, but then he had a show, uh, Aaron Paul had a show on Hulu, which I never watched. But The following. Yeah, that's it. That wasn't very good. It wasn't good? No. Yeah, it was about a cult, and he was like trying to save the people from the cult. I, I'm not quite sure. I, honestly, I, I watched probably like the first four or five episodes, mm-hmm. and it did not grab me. Yeah, yeah. that's a bummer. It is. So hopefully he'll he'll kind of channel back into that Jesse Pinkman again and give us that charm and that we love so much. I'm so excited. There's just so many exciting things going on, and and I think one of the biggest things that I'm excited about in the next year is Ghostbusters. Oh my god. It's, I think it's one of the best things that they could have announced well, uh, since they announced the female Ghostbusters. Because at first I was like, okay, all right, that'll be kind of cool, I guess. Yeah, I got a good because I was, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't have an issue with the fact that they had a female lead. So that wasn't the yeah. problem with it. I think the right, it came down to the writing. I just yeah. think it was really weak. Um, but I remember being excited about that because my daughter was excited about it. Yeah, that. yeah. Because she watched, um, she watched Ghostbusters the original. She loves it. Mm-hmm. She loves Bill Murray to. Death. Really? She's got like the like this little Lego brick, Lego brick heads of characters, mm-hmm. and they have one of, of his character in Ghostbusters plays Vinkman. Mm-hmm. She has that, and she loves it. And she really? loves because she wants to be a Ghostbuster this year, actually for Halloween. Awesome. So loves that movie. She was super hyped to see women in the Ghostbusters movie, mm-hmm. and so she went and saw, it and she came out. And she was like, oh, "That's fine." She goes, "I'll go back to the other one." Really? Just yeah. Because the story didn't. didn't it's just nothing about it. Like grabbed her as much. Yeah. Um, but this one, I'm totally on board with, especially because they have um, the original direct writer and director Ivan Reitman. His son, Jason nice. Reitman, is directing, wrote and directed this movie, and he said he he had a story to tell because at first he he always talked about, "Oh, you're gonna do, you're gonna follow in your dad's footsteps and do a Ghostbuster movie." He's like, "Nah, don't have a story to tell." But now he's got one. But what's kind of cool is that he's a very much a. a a kind of dark comedy serious director because mm-hmm. he's done Juno. He did Up in the Air, Thank You for Smoking, which have comedy elements, but are kind of dark comedies and which, a little bit more way, serious movies. Thank you, thank you for smoking. is probably one of the most underrated oh, movies of all time. It's a gem. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Eckhart is kills it. Amazing in that movie. Yeah, perfect. and and I feel like a darker comedy is perfect for Ghost. I mean, yeah. Ghostbusters one and two were kind of dark comedies. Yeah. They had a lot more darker elements than comedy moments right. in them, but because of the 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 amazing cast of comedic actors, they were able to pull that off. Yeah, and they're playing with the same characters, like it's the same universe, like the Ghostbusters they did with the all female cast mm-hmm. does not take place in the same universe that the original Ghostbusters. Right, takes place. but this one does. So all the original characters are back, minus uh, Harold Ramis who passed away. Yeah. Um, but then they've added new characters. They added a uh, Paul Rudd. Is is going to be in it? Perfect casting, genius. He's going. I think he's going to add that real kind of almost uh, Bill Murray esque. Okay, kind of, that's what I feel like he'll bring to the table. Yeah, but, but then you know, again tying back to Stranger Things, they got Flynn Wolfhard, the kid from Stranger Things, is going to be in this. Really? He's also because he played a Richie Tozer in it. Hmm. Um. So that kid's having a good. Oh man, blockbuster he is, he is career living so far. It up, dude. Yeah. Like, Isn't he also a punk in a punk band as well? See, really? Yeah, I think so. Oh god. Yeah, if he go. comes to Sacramento, I'm gonna have to try. And... Yeah, let me see. Uh, Finn, Finn Wolfhard band. Is that name real? Yeah, I think I that's his real name. Yeah, he's got a band. It's called Calpurnia. C A L P 
U R N I A. I did not know this. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's let's bust off a piece of Calpurnia here. Let's see what it sounds like. He's funny, man. Like I'm on board with him. Yeah, he's, anything, anything he's in. I'm he's like, a great actor. Up. Let's see here. Okay, so the most popular song is called "City Boy." Let's try that one out. Bust off a piece. So he plays uh, rhythm guitar and his vocals. You know, when you're 12 years old, what are you going to sing about? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like uh, Cage the Elephant. Ugh, fucking hate those kind of names. It, the, it's the Young the Giant. Yeah, I, that, that shit. Kings I hate of Leon. It. I hate it. Yeah. I fucking hate it. <clears throat> Young the Giant yeah. is actually a really good band. But I agree. I think the, those band names are stupid. No, but good for him, man. Hey, if you want good music, got the time. Yeah, I Calpurnia. They have more listens than my band, so I guess, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, five million uh, hits on that song. Yeah, and uh, we've never heard of him. We've never heard that song. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's gonna be in the new Ghostbusters. I'm like, sign me up for him. I think what he's is, gonna what play, is he gonna play? I don't know. Some child. Uh, well, yeah, clearly <laughs> a kid, a kid in some aspect. And he's gonna be obviously in it chapter two, oh. which I'm I'm hoping I can get the boss man to let you come on, oh. come and watch that with yeah. us. Listen, I'm I really could, I contribute to the show. That's true. I'm a real person now. That's true. That that'll be my uh, that'll be my lead in. He's uh, contributed to the show. Um, so it chapter two will be out next Friday. Holy crap! Holy shit! What did that dude? That movie looks. I'm on board. 100. That first movie wasn't it good? It was awesome. Yeah, because the original Tim Curry one as a kid scared the shit out of me. Yeah, and then you watch it as an adult, you're like, the fuck? This movie is so bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this one, you know, I I'm the first one they did. Um, it was. It has some good creeps. Yeah, some good creeps. Bill Skarsgård Super good as creeps. Pennywise was, I think, really solid as as Pennywise. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's not Tim Curry, but I think that's the great. That's great because then, then you don't compare them. They're just the one takes on the character. Exactly. Um, it's like Jack Nicholson was a great Joker, but so was Heath Ledger. Right. But yeah. I was watching when that first trailer. When that trailer came out and it has a you know the the funhouse mirror part mm-hmm. and. When they show that scene with Pennywise and his whole mouth is all the teeth, I literally was watching that trailer and I went, oh shit, which I don't do very often when I watch trailers, but I had a Especially real- Especially trailers, Yeah, right? I had a real oh shit moment seeing nice. that, and I'm like, this movie's- I'm going to watch that movie like I watch all, most of my horror movies, which is kind of to the side. I kind of turn my head down. Really? And I kind of watch from like my per, like my peripheral. Just with, so you with, can with, turn away. When things get kind of getting freaky, I'm like, I'm just going to look over the hill. <laughs> something going on in my phone? Is my uh, popcorn yeah. still full? Yeah. <laughs> Feel over there, and then I hear the pop. I'm like, okay, the scares. Now I can watch it. Do you jump? I jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I took my um, I took my my middle boy to go see uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh yeah, which which it's not 
the best movie. The story's got some issues, but as a bridgeway between kid-centric horror mm-hmm. and adult horror, it's fantastic. It's yeah. got some real creeps in there, and that's all to, to the director and to Guillermo, who are really good at monster creature effects. But And they were all real effects. It yeah, yeah. It was like it was 90% real mm-hmm. and then 10 they kind of cg'd over to kind of give it some more kind of oomph right um but my son was watching and he they would have the jump scares uh, but it never got so scared that he couldn't handle it nice and so i thought this is a great bridge because we're starting to dip our toes for him he's starting to dip into the horror we watched alien oh you know, that's a good one like, that that one scared me as a kid that was my first really like horror movie my dad sat me down to watch and even now, when Dallas is in the air vents, yep. I'm like, don't fucking do it, Dallas. Don't do it. Don't, like, don't go down there. And every time that I was waiting for him, too, and that jump scare happens when he turns the light and the alien's there. Yep. And, and I was like, oh, watch him. And it hits, and he goes, wow! And the kid flies up into the ceiling. And I was like, like perfect. So um, so, he, so after that one, he came, I'm, like two days later, he got scared at, at night and came running down the hall. It was like, mm. I heard something out my window. And my wife looked at me like, you son of a bitch. And I'm oh, like, no. I was like, okay, well, I guess we got to wait. So now it's been a year. Okay. He watched Scary Stories, handled that just fine. Nice. Like, I mean, granted, he did have the dog sleep in his bedroom with him that night for protection. Yeah, totally get it. I did the same that's too. Good. I was kind of pissed that the dog wasn't in my room. Because <laughs> <laughs> my wife ain't going to protect me. Um, but I... But now that he's in there, I'm like, all right, we're going to start dipping in more into horror. And uh, nice. hopefully, like, we're not at it yet. Yeah, that's um, a little too You know, he knows extreme. he knows some of the scenes. Like, he knows when the kid gets his arm ripped, like, bitten off. Yeah, and yeah. So classic. he can kind of imagine it in his head, but he sure. doesn't. See, just all tough. He's like, if I saw Pennywise, I'd punch him in the face. I'm like, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> you scream like a girl like I would. Yeah. <laughs> but um, even though the new movie looks... Awesome. I'm hearing nothing but great things about Bill Hader, especially. Apparently, he steals the show. I, I love him. Yeah. I love him in everything he does. Did you and, see Barry? I have not seen Barry. I don't have HBO. You need, I know, you need to watch human. Barry on HBO. Yeah. If you love Bill Hader, you will absolutely... The writing of this show, mm-hmm. oh my God. The writing alone is worth the watch yeah. because the dialogue that they have, there's certain characters like, uh, uh, gosh, what's his name? I can't think of it right now. He was the Fonz. Oh, uh, Henry Winkler. Henry he won, he won an Emmy or for Gold this Gold? show. Yeah. Yeah. His first Emmy did, ever. Did you hear that story about the really sweet story about his acceptance speech? No. So he's been nominated before. And so he had the acceptance speech ready to go mm-hmm. and didn't win. So right. he kept it. And so now that he won again, he wrote, he read the speech that, that he wrote when the first time he was nominated. When he was nominated for playing the Fonz? Yeah. I don't think he was playing the Fonz. A different thing? A different thing. Oh, but okay. He had been nominated like years before. Like even his kids were young kids. So I think there was a line in there where he said, you know, time to go to bed, kids. Aww. And the reason for that is because he wrote it like 20 years right. earlier or something like that. That's um, really which sweet. Which I think that's a really sweet story. And if you like, he's hilarious. Like rest of development, he's so mm-hmm. funny. And you can tell there's like actually like a real heart behind. Whenever you see interviews with him, yeah. you're like, oh, he seems like a really sweet guy. Yeah. And there's, he did that show, um, uh, something about getting older. He did, he did this, uh, this kind of reality TV show with, uh, the guy that played, uh, not, not Spock, but, um, why am I so terrible with names tonight? Uh, me too, man. Yeah, no, is it William Shatner. William Shatner. Okay, thank there you. you. Go. Yeah, yeah perfect. Um, and Terry Bradshaw and okay. uh, uh, George Foreman. They went. They went and traveled the world. Okay. And they like all. Did, it was like this bucket list type of thing where they just just did a bunch of crazy stuff, crazy antics, old men doing stuff. And Henry Winkler, they all played themselves. They were just you know it was a reality TV mm. show, right? Um, and Terry Bradshaw is the guy that's like you know the drunk drunk uncle. 
that you just want to hang out with mm-hmm. and, and, and drink beers with. Um, George Foreman was sleeping all the time. <laughs> like wherever they went places, he That's was always all the hits sleeping. in the head. He's like, yeah, you know, he's just, no, I'd be dude. scared when he was sleeping. Like he got too many hits. He's not going to wake up. From this right, one. <laughs> right. And, uh, Henry Wrinkler, uh, you know, and, uh, um, uh, the other guy, the no, Star Trek guy. William Shatner. Thank you. I'm on it. I don't know why I can't I you. remember that guy's name today. You were watching Star Trek when I came over the I house, too. I was, with William Shatner. Yeah. Uh, William Shatner uh, is, you know, William Shatner. He's mm-hmm. just kind of a diva diva dude. But Henry Winkler, the most down-to-earth guy, it like always him. has, like, the most sage wisdom to share. And just, like, he is the guy that you want to be your grandpa or like dad. He, he doesn't seem like he was tainted by Hollywood. Right, like He kind yeah. of kept his head on. He, he definitely did. and he. Yeah. But even though he does, like, he does bring up stories about Hollywood and how it kind of ruined him in some times and, you know, succumbing to... Yeah. Yeah. The, the the nastiness of the business and what he's learned. And a lot of the times he's come out the other side unscathed or a better person. Mm-hmm. And he he shares all that kind of that, that wisdom. And he, the character that he plays in Barry, though, he plays an acting teacher. So it's not far off from, you know, who he is yeah. in, in Hollywood. Um, but it, it, he plays like this, this wholesome, really nice guy, but also... Kind of scheming, conniving, and and he's like trying to always make a buck off of oh, what he's doing. Yeah, so it is great. And Barry, um, the the lead character, I don't know if you know too much about the story, but he's a, a former, he's a, a army vet or a marine. Okay, and uh, he turns into an assassin after he gets out of the Marine Corps, and he's an assassin, but he wants to live a normal life, so he start going goes goes to acting school. And so he's trying to become an actor while he's an assassin okay. on the side. So that kind of has that that Sopranos feel where you have this mob boss, but he's it's like the the everyday life of yes. that mob boss. This is yes. the everyday life of an assassin. Who's trying and he's to trying to you know it. balance the whole yeah. thing, and and he wants to get out of the assassination game, but he keeps keeps getting dragged back right. in. And a lot of like you know Breaking Bad feel comes to it as well. Like there's a lot of really cool story twists and stuff. Have you have Great you show. seen have you seen that uh, that deep fake video they did with with Bill Hader, yes. like when he turns into Tom Cruise, and yes, a, that that uh, control that's, shift it, face is a trip, man. Yeah. They're doing they that a look. lot right now. I they, know they do. They did it with uh, Joe Rogan recently, where he was doing an impression of Bill Clinton, okay. and so when his Bill Clinton, you know, he was doing his podcast on the video and stuff, and when he was doing his Bill Clinton impression, they did the same thing. But, I remember. I remember they they first really kind of came to fame when they were doing it with porn. <laughs> they were putting celebrity faces over porn. They had one of like Daisy Ridley from uh, Ray from Star Wars, and Did I'm like, they really? And I was like, yeah, this works. <laughs> <laughs> but they were like getting pulled because they were they were like the celebrities oh. were little legit going like this is, looks too much like yeah. But they were doing those deep fake videos on them. And more more innocently, they did that whole uh, Full House theme Holy, with uh, oh my Ron with Swanson, and they did the Family Matters one with Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah. Man, I have I was brilliant. I was laughing from the gut on that one, dude. That brilliant. was that was hitting it where it hurt. Yeah. I loved it so much. Good stuff. Hey, man, I think uh, I think we're done here today. Uh, sweet, good stuff. Yeah, thank you very it. much for for coming and hanging oh, out. And, yeah, I'm uh, talking th- movies. And this stuff. is what I think we did whenever when we were roommates. We just kind of. Yeah. bullshit about what what was happening in the movies and music all the good so stuff. this is just normal conversation i love it yeah man yeah. I, I really appreciate your insight and uh thank you for edumacating me on all the disney plus stuff because now now i feel like i'm prepared for yeah. it every time there's a big chunk coming out i'll just sit down with you and we'll go over perfect yeah recap it for you we'll definitely have to have you back on again oh, that'd be awesome. thank you again thank you namaste bitches the rad 